All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Dropping the Gloves with Jeremy Swayman. Oh, my goodness, he's here. Tim is hes so excited. I want to give him a, some time to compose himself. We've never had a Boston Brewer brewing on, on the show. Tim, his sheets are Bruins. His underwear is Bruins. The guy's losing his mind right now. He's just salivating to talk to Jeremy, but I'm going to get the introductions done just out of the way. So then you, the man love fest can uh, commence, and I'll just sit back and watch you two. Bruins, Red Sox, Maine, Chowder, all that stupid stuff out of the way, and you guys can just talk about it. So, Jeremy, thanks for joining the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're at camp right now, right? Has camp started or is it just a precursor to camp? Yeah, we're, we're officially underway. So it's the first on-ice day with today, and it's great. So you got the testing already out of the way? Got it out of the way. Yeah, it was a good day. <laughs> How... And you're actually doing this interview. Thank you. How was how was that? How was testing? Because you're a legit NHL pro now. You're you're a solidified spot, which is really neat. Is this the first time going into a camp where it's like locked up? I'm going to be on the NHL roster this year. Uh, I never go into camp like that. I want to earn it every day. You know, it's like there's five other goalies in camp t- uh, today, and that's that's a lot of goalies that want my job, right? And so I want to make sure that's my mentality. And you know, I learned from the best leaders in the world, so. That's the mentality they have going into camp, and that's the same one I want to have too. Love that. So, how was the testing? What are you? What do you excel at? What do you dread? Do you like the wind gate? Do you love the? Do you guys do the the powerlifting stuff like max bench, max squat, or you, what? What does the Bruins program look like? Yeah, we did a uh, we did a bike test on the wind bike, and that's usually a tilt. So I'm glad we got that over with. But past it was good, and uh, we didn't do like max body or bench and stuff i think that's kind of going out of the game a little bit but we do like a uh you know power stuff so it's all based on uh velocity of reps and stuff so we do like bench press uh sprint uh what else a vertical jump not my game as we all know <laughs> not my game but uh working on it so yeah it was good got the test out of the physicals and now we get to play some hockey what is, i used to play with the goalie jeremy lacashua labashua something like that a high Highly touted prospect. We would play in juniors. We would go into the weight room and he would grab a broomstick and say, goalies don't have to work out. I'm just going to squat a broomstick. And he was a legit goalie. He got drafted. He was a good guy. 
but what has changed? Because I, I've played with goalies who are just animals in the weight room, but I've also played with some who are just like Holocaust survivors, like Ryan Miller. What? Where do you fall? Are you are you a big weight room guy, or are you just kind of like I like to stretch? Yeah, I like the weight room. I think you can benefit a lot from it. Uh, healthy lifestyle in general, but I don't think putting 300 pounds on my back is going to make me do a better teeth push necessarily. So it's it's definitely evolved. Uh, I remember when I first went to college. Uh, at Maine, you know, the year before they were doing like max bench, max squat and stuff. And they saw these guys just getting hurt and all these soft tissue issues. It's like, oh man, we should really change our game. And so that was the first year I really got into weightlifting and understood the benefits of you know, groin strength, of hip strength, of core strength, all these different things that are, um, you know, full body movements that you really need when you play hockey. So anything that is going to directly translate on the ice, I think I'm all over that. Yeah, so I want to, you know, looking back at the earlier days of your careers, you're coming up through, you obviously grew up in Alaska. We had a lot of people asking questions about that. And then you go to Maine, University of Maine, which is just about as far away from Alaska as you can get. Can you give us like an insight on what that process was like? Why you Maine? And then why college in general, as opposed to going through the junior system? Sure. No, it's, uh, it just goes to show how small the hockey world is, right? Um, you know, I was from Alaska, small town. Um, you know, the dream was to make it Division One school, first and foremost, like that, playing juniors, first step, then going Division One, then pro. Uh, I wanted to be a college hockey player from a young age because I grew up going to college hockey games at UAA. Uh, my dad was a volunteer doc for the team, and I was actually a stick boy. So I'd be in the locker room seeing what it's like. These guys, you know, they're legends, you know, in my eyes, right? They're all bearded up. I'm, I'm this 10-year-old kid that's looking up to these guys, and I always knew that I wanted to be in go to the college route because education was important for my family and I. And um, I knew that if I could play hockey and get an education at the same time, I was going to be in a pretty good position to succeed in life. And so that was always a goal of mine. As far as getting recruited to Maine, um, <laughs> you know, the recruiting process was pretty special for me because I didn't talk to a single school the year before. And I was in Colorado uh, playing for the Pikes Peak Miners. And the next year I made juniors. Uh, I went to the USHL, played for the Sioux Falls Stampede. And after the first showcase in omaha i had like 15 schools asking no me kidding wow yeah which was a pretty amazing thing because you know you don't think that uh i never got the opportunity to play in front of these schools before really i mean in colorado i definitely got more exposure than than i was able to in alaska but as soon as i went to junior and saw scouts in every single arena of different colleges and nhl teams it was a different world so why why maine then you get 15 i'm guessing they were all full rides like we want you to come here Maine's a good school. <clears throat> why, why Maine? Did you just like the way the campus was set up? or why? I think uh, it's funny. During the recruiting process, you know, there's a lot of promises made, right? Um, and I learned earlier in my career that promises is uh, talk is cheap. And I was cut from a, a team one time that was promised to me a head goalie coaching spot – or not a head goalie spot uh, in the Nall. And I learned quick that I'm not going to listen to anyone telling me that it's a guaranteed spot. And so – Maine was one of the only schools that uh, told me that I have to earn every minute I play. And that was pretty cool to me because I understood that, you know, there's a great opportunity for that. Uh, the goaltending situation was exactly what I wanted. It was an older goalie that was definitely playing the brunt of the work, but I felt like it was a good opportunity for me to step in and get some playing time. And they also got tipped off that I was a pretty outdoorsy guy. And so they're selling their campus, um, being a smaller campus up in the middle of nowhere, Maine, Orono. Uh, but there is amazing rivers uh, for fishing. There's amazing hiking trails right around campus. And there is a way that I could just step away from the game and really, um, you know, get my mind off of things, especially with school too, right? Because it's a lot of time management that you have to have to juggle with, uh, you know, classes and, and obviously a full 
full hockey schedule as well. And so that uh, definitely started the conversation. And as soon as I started meeting the coaches one-on-one, uh, Red Gendron being the prime reason why I went to Maine um, and just learning about how he wanted to make me a better person before making me a better hockey player. Uh, that was something special that reached out to me too. And just how in tune he was with family and how educated he was in general. So it was a pretty amazing relationship that we started right off the bat. And I knew that we were going to have a, a really good spot in Maine. All right. Well, step back from hockey a little bit. I like to fish too. My brother lives up in Kitimat, BC, just south of the Alaskan border. So he's always sending me pictures of him going for halibut, you know, going on the rivers, going for salmon, this and that. Sure. Here in Michigan, we do a lot of trout fishing in the rivers, in the lakes. We got some salmon. It's stocked. It's it's great. One of the best fisheries in the in the world is here in Michigan, Traverse City especially. What was it like going from, you know, Alaska where it, it's it's like game like you're getting huge fish what did you fish for in alaska oh man anything halibut you know a huge huge yep. uh, industry up there but the salmon is unmatched um i like fly fishing the most so i like really getting into these really minute river systems and tributaries and then doing fly fishing for salmon and trout um that's when i feel the most like connected with nature i think because you know you're fishing right it's not mm-hmm. all the time and so you're working on on your cast quite a bit <laughs> but as soon as you get the reward of uh you know a beautiful rainbow it's there's nothing like it and so uh yeah i was exposed early to fishing um and i was hooked literally pun intended oh boy <laughs> did you hook yourself have you how many times have you hooked yourself fly fishing uh, a couple fingers that? you know just like you're t- you're getting these little yeah but luckily yeah luckily i haven't really had some so how many like how often did you get away in maine because it's not like you have a ton of free time. I was a student athlete up in Michigan Tech, probably the best best university in the country, some say. Um, how how do you get away? Just like, I'm going to go fishing for a few hours because it's not like you can just go back in the woods. You got to commit some time to it. Yeah, I had to be earlier in the year. Um, you know, snow fell quick too up there too. So uh, it's not like exactly we didn't have the luxury of getting outside every day, but when there was an opportunity, the guys had like, there was like a legit bass fishing crew. We'd go, <laughs> we'd no kidding. Go, That's cool. go get some bass. So it was really fun. But in the summers, like it was the most amazing thing. And, you know, the leaves are changing and it was just such a beautiful environment to be around. So whenever we could, we'd get out. Very cool. Yeah, so let's fast forward a little bit. You play in Maine, um, have a good few seasons there, and then you get drafted by the Bruins, fourth round. Talk us through that a little bit. Did you know they were interested? Were you expecting to go you know, sooner or later? What was that process like for you? Well, I got drafted before I went to Maine, actually. So they knew I was committed to Maine going there the next year, but I I didn't know I was going to get drafted by Boston of all teams, actually. So it was pretty cool how it worked mm-hmm. out uh, because it was serendipity, right? It's East Coast, it's New England's team, so it goes all the way up. And uh, I didn't know that before going to Maine. I didn't realize how how deep it traveled. Um, and yeah, it was just the draft. I was I knew I had a good chance of being drafted. Uh, I didn't go to the draft physically. I, I actually stayed home. I was up in Alaska watching it on uh, the online platform, and it was like five thirty six a.m. because I was in Alaska, so it's like four and a half hours behind. And I was looking for Toronto. Uh, to draft me because I, I talked to them a ton during the year and pick 110 came around and, and Toronto was up and I was like, all right, fourth round, you know, definitely a possibility. I was a C rated prospect, I think. So it wasn't like, you know, for sure. But as soon as, you know, Toronto came around, I was like, all right, maybe we could do this. They draft another goalie. No. And I'm looking around, I'm looking at my dad and like, oh man, you know, 
maybe not this year, right? And it's just like because you just don't know, and you don't. I didn't talk to too many teams. I definitely had interest by a bunch, but there wasn't any like Toronto, and so we're kind of you know looking. It's like all right, well, and they were pick one ten. They were pick one ten. That's and so funny. Next thing I know, my phone starts going off, and it's like, congrats, congrats, you're a Bruin. I'm like, what? Like, I'm looking at the thing. It's in the Bruins. They're up next, but they didn't have my my computer was stalled out. It didn't it didn't load in time, and uh, my my friends that were at the draft and uh, my agent was at the draft, and uh, he's like, you know, congrats, you're a Bruin. And then I'm loading and reloading it, and it finally clicked in, and it's a Jeremy Swain and Boston Bruins, and I was like, holy, sh- that's pretty amazing, man. That's super great. So then the rest of the day was just nuts. It was awesome. That's crazy. And then you had the unf- what was it? Was it weird being drafted? going through the whole process you're excited you want to go to camp and then covid hits and it's like what are we doing here how weird was it your first two years of your career you didn't really have a normal entrance into the nhl because that should be like just such a fun time you're out you're at the bars you're whatever you're celebrating you couldn't do any of that because this this covid thing was that did you feel a little let down or what was it like your first few years just try to because it's so sad. No one thinks about the the effects of all this COVID stuff, but it, it kind of puts a damper on a lot of things. It does. I mean, I look back and it's like, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way in a way because yeah. they made it the best possible transition for the case we were at. Like, it was so, like, obviously, you know, it's so foreign how it all worked out, but it, like, with – you know, all of the restrictions, everything, you know, no fans, they made it so seamless for us and guys were so excited to play. And like, I wanted to take that energy and, and step it up a level. Right. And I was so excited to be pro hockey for the first year and we're playing in Marlboro ice arena and mass, you know, cause I was in Providence at the time and, and guys are excited to play. Like some of the guys on our team, the older guys that were from the New England area were playing in there last time they were there, they're like 13, 14 years old. And it was just so cool to see them, how excited they were. And, um, you know, it just, it spoke a lot to me because when a pro hockey player that's been in the league for, you know, years and years is still excited about the game like that, that was like, all right, this is a moment for me that I'm going to remember for a long time because, there's humility in this organization. These guys are so fired up to play in general. And obviously we didn't play for almost a year and getting the opportunity to play against other guys in a, an organized game was like the most incredible thing in general. So your appreciation and your attitude of gratitude just goes up so much because of the ability to play. And then when I finally got called up and seeing that whole scene and being on the plane for the first time and I was just so excited, right? And no matter what, I didn't care if there was fans in the stands or not. I knew that I was at the highest level, and I did, I got addicted. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. One of the things about being an NHL goaltender or a hockey goalie in general, it's such a cerebral position, right? Like, you really got to do a lot of thinking. You got to be careful of not getting too up, not too down. We had Spencer Knight in the show earlier this year, and he was saying some of the similar stuff where he's definitely a, a thinker. And so one of the things I'm interested in is, like, you you make your NHL debut. I think it was against the Flyers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so tell me, like, the very first goal you let in, what's going through your mind? Is it a relief? It's like, okay, I got it behind me. Is it frustrating because you wanted to prove something? Like, what's what's happening that, that opening night for you? I took it as a game no bigger or smaller than I've played before. And that mindset has helped me so much. I learned that in college. Alfie Michaud was my goalie coach there, and he's – he means the world to me. Like he's one of the most incredible mentors I could ask for. And his mindset 
of, you know, not making a game bigger or smaller than it has to be. It's another game. You focus on one shot at a time and I've let in a lot of goals and I've saved a lot of bucks. So it's like, I really didn't <laughs> care. Not, to, not that I necessarily care, but it's like, I didn't let that a damper my play. Like I was still, you can't complain in the NHL, right? You're in the NHL, you're playing with some of the best talent in the world. And I was just so excited for the fact that I was getting the opportunity to where this boat be for real. And that's all I cared about. And it's like, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to do whatever I can to stop the buck and help this team uh, have the best chance to win. You can complain all the time in the NHL, Jeremy. People, you people complain all the time when they're in the show. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no, yeah. It's, There's a guy on your team who complains all the time, Brad Marchand. He's complaining <laughs> the other day about young captains. I'm like, Archie, just take it easy, man. <laughs> all right, well, one ahead, of the, yeah, well, uh, it's crazy to me that you've only played 51 NHL games, at least in the regular season, which is – it feels like you've been around for a while, especially, you know, me being a, a Boston fan and everything – does it feel like, I mean, do you feel like you're still adjusting to the NHL level or, or over the course of two years, you feel like you've got there? Like 51 games isn't really a lot. What's your mindset there? No, I want to make sure I'm keeping that mindset of earning my moment and earning the minutes every chance I get. And so um, I learned so much from last year and the year before, uh, basically, of about time management skills, obviously living by myself and making sure I'm doing what I need to do to rest, recover, and give myself the best chance to succeed every time I'm on the ice. And that goes off the ice as well. And uh, soaking up the leadership we have here and just being around the guys that have been in the league for, for years and years and obviously have Hall of Fame careers, um, you know, I could be in a better position as a young player. And uh, learning what I did last year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely going to roll into this year and use those advantages. And uh, I couldn't be more excited because – of what I've learned in this summer being so beneficial to me and really maintaining, um, you know, strong, uh, you know, work habits, uh, making my body feel good. And, uh, I haven't felt better. I can't be more excited. So you, you come to the NHL, you spend a little bit of time in Providence, a little seasoning right to the Bruins. And you played really well your first season, really, really well, put up some good numbers going into your second season. A lot of unknowns surrounding the Bruins goaltending situation. What's Tuca going to do? We don't know. We don't know what's happening in the crease. We got we got this young stud everybody loves. We sign Allmark from the Sabres. Good goalie. Give him a lot of money, but we got this Swayman kid. We really want him to get some time. Then Tuca comes in and shoves his nose right in your business. What was that like? Were you a little ticked off? Because I can see it in your eyes. You were pissed. <laughs> Tuca, I, I want I want to have an answer. He's just like this. It's just almost like a presence over the Bruins for that whole season. He finally comes back and unfortunately gets hurt. Was it tough? Because I know you say it, it. You know you, you don't get too high or too low. Was it difficult knowing that you could lose the crease and then be sent down to Providence at any time that whole season because Tuca could come back and then lo and behold he did. What was that like? Because it it had to it had to be frustrating. Well, I kept things simple for myself. Uh, I knew that there was a possibility he would come back and I was going to do everything I could to give them no doubt that they wouldn't send me down. Yeah. That's all I needed, that's all I needed to do. I cared about the team, cared about the crest, and all I needed to do was help this team win games. And keeping things simple, I didn't worry about that. I was I was talking to Tuka the whole year. We were, we were chatting. I was, saying, I was asking, when is he coming back? Because I wanted him to get better, right? Like I, He's my teammate. I love him. Yeah, the relationship we've developed is going to be oh, years and years. Like I still talk to him to this day. I saw him the other weekend at a concert. It was great. Like we're we're super tight. I've learned he's a wealth of knowledge, and 
the mindset he brings is the same. It's just compete your ass off, do whatever you can to help the team win, and everything's going to take care of itself. And that's the mindset I had. And when he did come back, uh, you're not going to say no to a potential you know, rafter goalie, Hall of Fame goalie coming back. He's done so much for the program. And the thought process is, is like when I'm in his position, I want the same, right? Like I want the Bruins to have that faith in me. And so I knew that I was going to play whatever jersey I was wearing. I was going to do whatever I could to help that team win. And I knew when I went to Providence, there's every opportunity to succeed and get back at this level. And the coaching staff down there, the players down there, I knew them. Uh, they wanted nothing more than for me to have success and build upon you know, what the experience I'm gaining. And I knew that I could still gain experience when I went down there. And I'm thankful you know, for the position I was in because the adversity I faced made me stronger as a player and a person. And the mindset I had that you know, wasn't pouting, that wasn't pissed, it was just doing my job and making sure I'm doing whatever I can to help the team win that I'm playing for. That's the mindset I carry to this day, and I've learned so much from it. So you were not... Because I've been in that situation too, and I was upset. Where the guy who's right there is going to take my job, but I guess you're younger. That that's was was that the thing that was a saving grace? It's like okay, you're going to come back for a year, maybe two, but then it's my crease. Because like, mm. you got to have that comp- competitive spirit, right? It's like beat it, old man. This is my team now. Mm-hmm. No? Sure. Absolutely. You were fine. Okay. Everyone in the locker room knows that I have that attitude. You know, it's like that's what I want them to know, and. I don't know if you heard in the presser or not, but it's like if the, I told Sweens, I was like, if they're struggling, that's my net. You yeah. know, that's, I always said that open. I didn't think he was going to tell anyone that, but that's that's how I feel. And and it's good that they know that because that makes each other better, right? And, um, you know, regardless if I'm young or not, like that's the mindset I'm always going to have because I want to make sure that wherever I'm playing, I'm making it, I'm making it my full-out effort and, and I want to be in the NHL. I want to be in Boston. I belong here. I love it here. And... I wasn't going to let anything stop me from that. So coming into this, we'll, we'll bounce around a little bit here. I I just started thinking, well, okay, you got Tuca coming back last year. This year you got Krejci coming back. Chara's always spitting around the rink. What is it with these guys who want to come back to Boston? Is there something in the water there with the Bruins, or are they just trying to – bring it back to early 2000s where they're, you know, a Stanley Cup contender every single year. Do you think it's a, a good thing? You're not going to say it's a bad thing, but what is it? Why, why all of a sudden Krejci's coming back? Charles Bergeron. Retired, Bergeron's coming back. All these guys, they just want to give it another kick at the can with the Bruins there. Boston's a special city. I learned that very quick. And it's really cool to be um, you know, a young guy in the league that actually gets to know other guys in different teams now and, and being a different, you know, world championship festivals or i just went on that media tour and just meeting guys around the league that have been in the league for a while everyone says their favorite trip is boston or the favorite family it's like it's it's in the blood here right it's a hockey town and it's so cool because when i was up at maine i saw it you know i saw these these local mainers that were buying bruins jerseys because they're bruins fans i knew i was drafting there's a potential i'd be playing there one day right it's like they were Bruins fans regardless if I was playing there. And that was the most special thing. And so it's the community, I think, that helps uh, these guys come back and want to be a part of something bigger than the hockey. And that's what I feel, at least. And being a part of this community now and being, you know, recognizing the street and, like, the support and the love and the true passion that these fans have, there's nothing better. And uh, I know as a personal experience, I want nothing more than a fan base like this. I want nothing more than 
a team and culture like this and a winning culture for that matter. And they know that when they come to Boston, it's a certain brand of hockey and guys fit in here because they bring that. And that's, that's everything I want to be. That's what I want to be. That reputation is going to be endless all out competitor that wants to win at all costs. Right. So, uh, you know, camp starting, Bergeron's back, Krejci's back. Like, what's the energy like? You know, what, how did you find out about the news? Were you on social media? Did you know that they were going to come back? Like, how did the boys respond? Oh, the boys are so excited, right? I mean, you're not going to be mad about Bergeron, one of the most incredible leaders in hockey history, coming back to your team. And as a goalie, knowing that your defensive zone is going to be structured, is you know, that's what, that's what excites us, right? And uh, it says a lot uh, when he comes back and he says, you know, I'm coming back for a cup. Right. I'm coming back to make history as a Bruin. And that's special because it shows like he could go anywhere he wants and do whatever he wants because he's that kind of player and that's that kind of human. But for him to choose Boston, know that this is his home and that people are going to love him here. I mean, it just says so much about uh, a city an organization and a player. All right. Couple couple questions about just controversial topics. I want to get your take on that. Bruce Cassidy gets fired. Very successful coach. Coach Did well in Boston. Did very well. Krejci leaves the team. Now all of a sudden he's coming back because Bruce is gone. Rumors are flying. Why did Krejci leave? Why is he coming back? Because Bruce is gone. Pasta maybe doesn't want to re-sign in Boston. He's your best, uh, one of your top players. Was there any fire to that smoke? about Cassidy not being liked in the locker room? What was the issue there? Did you guys just need a new new voice in the room? I, I loved Cassidy. I mean, first and foremost, I had a great relationship with him. It's easier for goalies to have good yeah. relationships with head coaches, right? I mean, um, you know, I wanted a coach that's competitive spirit, and that's what he was. And, again, we got along on and off the rink. Um, and to be honest, like, He's going to have success wherever he goes, I believe. And I'm so excited for him and his new endeavors. Obviously, I'm super excited about Monty as well, being a Maine alum. It's a great transition for for us, and he's been a winner everywhere he's gone as well. And the organizational staff here, they're going to put us in good hands. I completely trust that, and I've seen it firsthand. So I couldn't be happier with the situation, and I'm happy that it was a great outcome for, uh, for Butch as well. So Pasta's not – he said he's not coming back to Boston. Well, he told me that um, – why? Why would he not? You just mentioned how great Boston is. Everybody loves it. I love Boston. I grew up a Bruins fan. Love the city. Ray Bork was my guy. Can you give us any insight on Pasta? Because you're his teammate. You probably saw him today on the ice. What's he doing? To be He's honest, taking... I talked to him about bocce ball today. That's all. Like, what did you guys got... talk about bocce ball about? We got a good bocce ball league going. Uh, we're all living in North End now, and so we got <laughs> we got a good bocce ball league. So, um, regardless, I mean, a lot of the t- stuff we talk about is is team stuff and, and lighthearted stuff. Like, he's an amazing player, amazing person, and I'm going to support whatever he wants to do. What's bocce ball? You don't know bocce ball? I'm I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think of what it is. Dumb. Yeah, <laughs> is it the court? Yeah. Is it like racquetball? No, no, no. So it's like you can play it on, you can play it on turf. You can play it on a, the lawn. You can play it. It's so uh, there's legit courts. It's Italian game. So there's all these local Italians in North End that play religiously. And uh, I was blading by one time and I saw these bocce ball courts and it's like this big. Oh, it's lawn bowling. Lawn, no. bowling, essentially. Yeah. So there's like the little tiny cue ball. You throw yep. a little ball. Okay. You get four clay balls, throw it closest to. It's pretty fun. I'm really good at that. 
Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> All right, Tim. Let's get to some. We let's get to some hockey questions, and we'll let Jeremy go. He's got a big date. I can't believe you're doing this during camp. This is crazy. Usually during camp, I leave the rink and go just pass up because it's so incredibly hard. Yeah, I'm ready. I to guess do it's that. easier for a goalie because you don't do much. Whoa! <laughs> <Yeah>. Watch it. <laughs> hey, goalies I, just don't move. They go like inch at a time, yeah, and yeah. then they just get a break. And just they just working, stand, especially Jeremy, because he's probably working with the A squad, working playing smart. like the Schmelz down in Providence, and he yeah, doesn't even get any shots. Imagine Man. that. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're just having a, a vacation during camp. Yeah, it must right. be nice. 100%. All right, Tim, throw some I got some I got some questions with Tim. What do you have? Well, do you want to get into the quick hit stuff? Yeah, let's do some hockey questions. Okay, so here. rapid fire questions, Jeremy. Uh favorite restaurant in Boston? Jurassic. Oh, oh, that's a good one. That's a fancy uh, one. Celebrity crush. Oh, man. I don't know. Who's, who's, who's popping lately? I, I honestly. I we no asked Head, Headman last week. He said Anne Hathaway. I, did, I thought that was a funny one. Yeah, Anne not... Hathaway? Why is that funny? Of all the celebrities, you'd be the one you'd She's pick. She's attractive. I would say Selma Hayek, but Jeremy probably doesn't even know who she is. I don't pay attention to movies. I got to dial it in. You gotta, no, you don't. It's good. I got uh, rid of my TV uh, two years ago. Uh, it's a I'll, lifestyle I'll, I'll choice. Back, I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. Uh, fill in the blank. Charlie McAvoy is a top blank defenseman in the NHL. Three. Who's better than him? <laughs> okay. I'm just giving the other three a chance. <laughs> <laughs> the, other two, the other two a chance. Who's got and Grizzlick and Ham Lindholm? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Uh, who's got the best shot that you faced? Ovi. Obviously. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's one minute left in the game. You have to pick any two defensemen in the league to play in front of you for that minute. Who are they? Caroline Hampus. It's such. It's well, just a tapping for him, Tim. He's gonna see those. Okay, guys. what if we said not not Bruins players though? Uh, hmm. Defensive guys. I had men in the car. Yeah, yeah they're really defensive. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know for a fact we're getting that that goal now. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting that empty netter. Yeah, uh, and lastly, what's the best advice you ever got? Uh, to take everything one moment at a time. Seriously, like attitude of gratitude and and enjoy the moment. Right? It's it's we've heard it a thousand times, but when you truly do simplify it down to that, it's like the most important conversation and most important thing in the world right now is having this conversation with you two. And the next thing is going to be getting me going and going going to take a nap and put the dogs up. You know, it's just stuff like that. When you really simplify it down, it's like I don't have a. There's not stuff racing through my head like i know i'm going to prepare myself to be in good positions when obviously performance and play comes but it's just really staying in the moment and enjoying it so who did you pattern your game after what was the one guy growing up in alaska that you like ah i want to be like that guy yeah i liked uh i like Braden holpe a lot like i liked how he's you know he's aggressive but he also he knows how to recover right and he trusts his abilities he trusts his skating um i like jonathan quick i like ryan millers i like uh, even like Ben Bishop, like big, 
blocky goalies that use, yeah. use their size, right? And when I got size eventually, not that I'm Ben Bishop's size, but when I got it, I, I started really simplifying my game. So just guys all around the league and obviously watching Tukes firsthand, his flexibility, his competitive demeanor, doing whatever he can to stop pucks, like that, uh, that was a pretty good pretty good goalie arsenal to learn from. How do you um, – are you a communicator on the ice? Are you quiet? What's What's your – what do you do in the crease? Because I like a goalie who talks. I like a goalie who kind of just bosses me around. Go here, go here. What do you do on the ice? Do you have the confidence yet to boss um, uh, Charlie around? So yeah. Charlie, I, get out of my way? I mean, it's funny. It's like I, I get the best seat in the house sometimes for what these guys can do with the puck. But uh, I'm super vocal. And you can ask the guys. Like, I, I like to tell a lot of jokes. So, like, I'm, I like to joke a lot. And- on the ice? Oh, all the time. You, the reps and I, we love it, right? It's like, this is the best thing ever. But um, I talk all the time. And I learned that from, from Grant Stanbrook. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's up at Maine. He's like a legend up there. And uh, him and Alfie, we would always talk about communicating how you know important it is. And obviously, when you talk to your defensemen, you make their job easy because you have their eyes, right? And uh, oh, I love talking. I think the more you talk, the less shots you face, the less goals go in. Besides you and Allmark, who's the best goal in the league right now? Uh, I really like Sorrow's game. I really do. Yeah, I think he plays his, uh, his angles really well, especially with his size, and I enjoy watching him. What do you think of the goalie position, how it's just it's evolved into a tall man's net, where mm-hmm. when I first came into the league, you would it would be hard-pressed to find a goalie who was 6'2". Like, that was a tall goalie. Then the further mm-hmm. I went along, these goalies were getting taller and taller and taller. Do you ever think we'll see – a guy five ten dominate the crease anymore, or is it you have like you have to be six two or above to be a, a goaltender nowadays? If you stop the puck, it doesn't really care how you look, right? Um, you know, I definitely I, I used to be a small goalie, and uh, <laughs> well, yeah, when you were younger. <laughs> oh, serious? Like I was small until I was like seventeen, and then I grew, right? And so yeah. I was always getting looked over, especially that transition from minor to junior, and. I, I was hurting, right? And, like, I was making saves, but coaches were like, oh, man, like, I don't know if he's going to grow. And then they saw my dad. He was six six, And he's like, all right, he's going to grow. You know, yeah. and so that was, like, kind of a saving grace. But regardless, you've seen guys do it. You've seen guys stop pucks in the past. I don't see why I wouldn't uh, wouldn't continue that trend. But it definitely is. It's nice to have size, right? And uh, today's game, everyone's bigger, faster, stronger. And I love competing to fight for pucks, right? And so you have to have that demeanor of fighting through traffic and playing a rebound because that's what's going to happen. Like, they're going to shovel pucks in front of the net, and that's why I loved college hockey so much because that's all it was, right? And there was just a battle in front, and that's what I learned so much from that from, and that's why I think that transition from college to pro with, you know, traffic and battling is, uh, has been really fun. All right, a couple more. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just – I love talking to goalies. Are you, sure. are you an equipment tinkerer? I played with Ryan Miller who would literally – I sat next to him in the, in the room. He would put his pads up, and he would take a step back, and he would look at it. Then he'd go and cut cut a little piece of leather. Then he would do that every day, every wow. day for hours. Like not every day, but a long time. Or are you just yeah. like whatever? Give me whatever you got, and I'll work with it. Yeah, I'm pretty stock <laughs> across the board. Like it's funny to learn from like Linus, right? So he's really in tune with his gear, and yeah, um, it's been really nice to to learn like how it can benefit you. So I've definitely done a little more than I ever have before, but I'm still in like the stock pants. Right. And so eventually I think I'm going to make that evolution of adapting and, you know, helping, you know, one look bigger, feel better. And uh, I'm excited about that. So I, I know I, I definitely not a tinker, tinker, but uh, I'm definitely open to learning more about the, uh, the gear. Now, how often do you get checked? Does the guy come in? Who's who's the goalie guy? Because my day was uh, oh, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, there's two guys who go around the league and check your equipment. How often 
Does mm-hmm. he come around and inspect I think, it? I think he might do it when we're not there, so I have no idea. Right? Okay. Because yeah, goalies are cheaters, Tim. They honestly are the greasiest players. Goalies and fighters sure. are the greasiest players ever. The fighters always do stuff so they can get their equipment off and make their skin sticky. So you cut guys, and goalies just cheat. Out, outright I'm... cheat. Jeremy knows. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm <laughs> poker facing you right now. What are you talking about? Yeah. So you, one more. You, you, you came on this podcast. You're gracious enough to give us some time. One of the first things out of your mouth was, hey, how's Justin Johnson doing? (laughs) It was a a low blow. It was a cheap shot. For those of you who don't know, I'm sure everybody knows, Justin Johnson beat me up in the NHL one day. And I guess Jeremy's good friends with him somehow. Despite the 15-year age difference, they somehow are great friends. Um, Why on earth would you do that, Jeremy, to me, right? When when I first (laughs) met you. Is that how you make friends? No, I heard you're a humble guy, so I'm sure it would have been an icebreaker, right? But uh, yeah, we Alaska's small, so you take your wins, right? And that was a, a pretty amazing moment for Alaska hockey. So thank you, appreciate that. Tim, yeah. I have a, a pretty enough of a, a reputation that I get beat up, and now the guy's king of Alaska all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you more coming on, Jeremy. I, I really love talking to you. I, I again blown away you took your time out of your day to come on the show i i uh i can't speak more of how like grateful i am for that anything else you want to say you got any do you have any clothing line you want to pump jeremy or anything you want to say not marshmilko no <laughs> yeah yeah not in that that's about my pay grade right now but maybe we'll talk in a few few years what rhymes with sway sways you can go a couple rounds Lays. there you go sways sway swag yeah <laughs> All yeah, right. Well, listen, go get some rest. Have fun at camp tomorrow. Tell everyone we said hi. And uh, good luck this year, my man. Hopefully you get that crease and run with it. The Bruins got a good team. Absolutely. We're excited. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Tim? See you, man. Thanks for coming on. All, All right. right, everybody. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.